Yes, guys, it's bloody Christmas, so I've decided to plonkaroonie the hat on my bonce. We are absolutely delighted to welcome you to a Three More Points podcast episode with my co-host, All Right Harry. Channel link is probably in the title of the video, perhaps, if I'm being really friendly. It's in the description, if I'm feeling averagely friendly. Harry, you didn't get up for the game last night. First things first, I was very lonely watching by myself on our sofa. Yeah. Why did you decide that it wasn't the right time to watch Chelsea win a quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup? As you know, I have been sick for some days now. Oh, and uh, that's I've been not in, very good. I've been in recovery, but I'm here today because people need to hear from me, clearly. You, so. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Brilliant enthusiasm there. Yeah. Harry watched the game this morning. Okay. I watched the game also this morning, but live on television. Chelsea won, Newcastle won, penalty victory, 4-2. I'm uh, just going to insert the clip again. I think this is Petrovic's night. I'm going to milk it for a while because apparently when I go on 10-day holidays, it means I know nothing about football and I just wanted to prove once again that I actually do. Harry, top-end thoughts? Lucky guess. It was was an educated guess. Chelsea and Newcastle are evenly matched teams. They're not. They're really not. But in my head, they were. And it, it just made sense to me. Have you seen Petrovic's arms, mate? These things are like, what's the Goliath bird eating spider? When you look at the body of a Goliath bird eating spider, it's the legs that make him daunting. With Petrovic, it's the arms. The Goliath bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Bruno Grimarish has for breakfast every I morning. I thought we were going to have to clip a this and put birdie. a Goliath bird eating spider with, an, with a photo of Petrovic's wingspan. I don't even think I have the potential to even go on Google, find an image of a Goliath bird eater and put it on the screen without freaking out and asking someone else to edit it for me. Right. So we're not yeah. going to do that. But Fine. what did you think about the game before we go into like Animal Planet? Yeah, I thought the game was really good. I thought um, we completely dominated and controlled Newcastle. I, I can barely remember them having a shot, to be honest. Again, there was a little individual error, but I think one thing, because I've not had a chance to talk about this um, yet, you did a video in the week about Conor Gallagher. I I've did. S- I've seen the news as we go around. I saw Joey Knight do a, a thing about it. I saw Eunice do a thing about it, about Conor Gallagher. Yeah. And, and, and like it just makes me so angry. Oh, so angry! It makes me so angry. <sighs> Because he is by he is by far the best midfielder in our team. He's by far the best player in our team. If you're watching him and you think he's not good at football, you d- I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to hear from you. You yeah. don't support the same team as me. I'm not interested. He yeah. is so good at what he does. The pressing is unbelievable. The energy, but, the passing. But Harry, he passes it backwards a lot. Shut up. I know. Shut up. I'm not interested. If you think he's not a good player, then you're a little FIFA nerd and all you do is want to, all you want is Messi and Ronaldo in your team. You're not interested in any other profile of player. You're not interested in any other attributes. And I'm absolutely sick of hearing about it. And that's the message for Todd Bowley and the board as well. If you're even thinking about selling 50 million in January, you need your head checked. I'm absolutely yeah. sick to death of this conversation. Yeah. Of all the things we've spoken about, Conor Gallagher, Conor Gallagher leaving should not be one of them. Yeah. And I actually can't tell you how pissed off it makes me. Yeah, Christmas is five days away. I don't want you to get sick again. So I'll interject with some like very calm clarity to the situation the truth of the matter is we had, had a conversation about this I yesterday. Had to get that out. it was a very nice piece i agreed with everything you said uh, we talked about this yesterday i think the way that football is judged nowadays has become so fifa centric particularly on social media youtube comments as well there's a lot of this going about i think people only want to see goals they only want to see really quick speed down the wings and skills to skin a man in the six yard box like that's not what football is all about when we played United we saw when Gallagher wasn't in the team even an average midfield of Scott McTominay and whoever the bloody other bloke was overran Chelsea 
And you even against Newcastle, the amount of times that you see Gallagher intercept him with a slide tackle. Enzo is supposedly the advanced midfielder of the three or the 4-2-3-1, whatever it was supposed to be. Wasn't really sure in that first half. And yet still Gallagher is the one breaking from deep, winning the ball if it wasn't Caicedo, getting it forward, driving forward, almost scored a brilliant goal that deserved to be a goal. And I just think, man of the match once again, I think it's time to understand that if you don't like Conor Gallagher, you need to look at football in a different way. You need to look at yourself in the mirror. You need your head checked. Harry is not the guy you want to mess with. I'm telling you now. This guy was sick for a couple of days, went boxing yesterday, four people in hospital. It's the truth. But yeah, Gallagher, I think, deserves the man of the match. In my opinion, it couldn't have gone to a Newcastle player because I was weird. I understand with Newcastle to give them a bit of credit here in a way. They've had so much football to play. They've got so many injuries and they actually look like they defended really well for large portions of the game. Or do you think that was more just Chelsea being very typical of Chelsea this season where once again low block and you've actually got better players doing the low block now instead of a relegation threat inside and do you think there was an element of luck about the way we got back level to then go and win yeah. the game on pens or not of course there was but it's no more lucky than their goal I mean like in fact I'd say that it was better you know it, it's, yeah. it's like all the games when we are playing okay and we go down, it's always individual errors that are the problem. We spoke about this before. And it was the same thing again. Badia Shiele gets his legs crossed and he just, you know... It was just a calamity from everyone. Yeah, it was... Cole's pass. Individual errors, though. Yeah. Like, again, I've said this before. What the hell is Pochettino supposed to do when players just make stupid decisions like that? Like, clear individual errors, yeah. lack of balance, tripping over. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Yeah. But then, you know, they've had a similar error at the other end of the pitch, which makes it level. But to be honest with you, and I actually watched a... Uh, I think it was a, uh, I can't what channel it was on, but it was a video about um, how bad actually are Chelsea or are Chelsea actually good or whatever the title of the video was. And it was breaking down how we rank in the Premier League in different areas of the pitch. And it showed like all our playing out of every area is actually like top five teams in the Premier League except for the final third of the pitch and key passes as well. Yeah. Really low. So when you look at that, I understand why sometimes people criticize Gallagher because they're like, oh, he doesn't get goals, he doesn't get assists. But who is in our team, firstly? And secondly... Yeah. Cole Palmer. Th- yeah, Cole Palmer. That's just not... That's not his role. Like, he is the f- engine. He's doing everything. He's linking play. And yeah, there's areas where he can improve. Fine. This isn't a Conor Gallagher podcast. But anyway, I just want to make that point. <laughs> but, I rate it. Yeah, but but basically, um, it was talking about how we're actually really good in all areas of the pitch, potentially, except for in the final third. And when you watch this today, you saw that on display. We completely dominated the game. They yeah. barely had a shot. We were, comp- we were completely in control. I thought the midfield was absolutely magnificent the way we you yeah. know, marshaled everything. But it was just putting the goal, the goal on the back of the goal, the ball on the back of the net and scoring goals that was the problem again. So which is why um, I was excited to see Nkunku come on. Um, what did you think about that? I think it was, obviously, if, you, if you've got Nkunku on the bench and Pochettino said in his presser before, 20 minutes is probably all he can do. 25 is what he got. That's probably about expected 30 if you add injury time and whatnot too. He looked as though he hadn't played football for six months, I'm not going to lie. But I think with Nkunku, if we talk about this as like the first main point of the pod, I think with Christopher Nkunku, what he's going to bring to this Chelsea team, he's either going to put Jackson on the left wing if he doesn't want Mudrick there, but I think he'll put Mudrick there now after that goal, which we can also talk about. Or it's a direct replacement for Nicholas Jackson, who I think was pretty useless out there today to be quite honest and I think again if you look at other performances as well where he's not scoring hat-tricks at Spurs he's been pretty useless on the whole for a while we were talking all his goals have been weird 
Yeah, it's odd. Like even the Sheffield United one, it was yeah. like the play stopped and then he's two yards out. And if you miss that, then I'm sorry that I'll fly back to England, put myself <laughs> in Cobham, and I will sit out there naked until you get picked. Do you know what I mean? Like that could have been a calamity if you missed that. But he Don't didn't. Know. He scored. Credit to the striker. Don't know why you're naked in that situation, but anyway. In Kunku. <laughs> Because it's Christmas, you know? <laughs> Nkunku as the striker is what I want to see now. I think it is time for Nicholas Jackson to take a bit of time out. Be that impact player. If Mudrick is playing on the left or Sterling's on the left, Palmer's on the right, or maybe Palmer's behind Nkunku, that to me sounds very exciting. Cole Palmer behind Christopher Nkunku, Sterling on the right, Mudrick, who after that goal and then a brilliant penalty, has to have confidence. He completely changed the game for Chelsea and has given us an opportunity now. Potentially to win a trophy. So I think for me, Nkunku coming in, when you look at the fixtures we've got, we've got, what, Wolves away, and they got battered the other day. They've not been playing that well. we then got, I think, bloody, who is it? Fulham Palace at home. We should beat Palace at home. They've been in a bit of a spiral. Luton away. Then I think we got Fulham at home and Preston also in that before Luton Fulham in the FA Cup. It's a good run. That is five matches where if Nkunku is ready to start, Chelsea theoretically could go into these games, even Wolves away on Christmas Eve, if we're up for it. Who's up for a game on Christmas Eve, by the way? Not me. Maybe not you. I don't know. Maybe you are. Let me know in the comments down below. But like, I think this is perfect now to give Nkunku minutes. And I would start him. And if it isn't working, you bring on a Jackson, you bring on an Armando Broya. Now there are options for Chelsea. And because Nkunku's so versatile, I think he could come in and fit anywhere, be it on the left, be it as a striker, as a number 10, depending on the way the game's going. He just has that, in my opinion, world-class ability, which makes opposition defences actually have to pay a bit more attention solely to him, which can allow players like Mudrick to do what he did in the 92nd minute, put pressure on Trippier, arrive from that left-hand side, come into the middle, and that is where we can see him threaten more. So I think overall, Nkunku just elevates all of those attacking players with that little bit of quality that's been so necessary for so long yep. that we've not had with Broya, sorry to say it, because he's not really played much, and Nicholas Jackson on the whole. There isn't that. No defender's scared of Jackson. They're not. And they should be scared of I th- Nkunku. I, th- I, think, I think Jackson's actually quite good at dribbling. Like, I think he's quite good at running with the ball. Yeah. Um, I think what he's bad at is knowing where to be in the box as a striker uh, I don't think he's very composed. I think he wants too many touches in the box when he's shooting. So, like, in that sense, I'd say, like, he does look more like a winger, and it's no surprise that he only played, like, a season or half a season as a striker before we bought him as a striker. Yeah. So, I actually could, I would quite like to see Jackson out wide at some point now and Kunku's back. I, mm. really, I really wouldn't mind seeing that at all. Um, and with with regards to the Kunku introduction, it just all depends on his fitness for me. You know, you've got to make sure he's, he's fit and ready, and there's no point in rushing him back if he's not ready. Like, that's the first minutes he's had in, like, six months or whatever it is. Yes. So, and even then, when before, it was still preseason. It wasn't even, like, proper top-flight football. So, so yeah, I feel like um, I feel like it's all very interesting. I wanted to say on Mudrick, actually, um, obviously, last pod, I went mental, and I was, like, saying how most of these guys are probably not going to have good <laughs> enough. I would like. I, I would still. I still. I've not really changed my opinion much. Like just based on the last couple of performances, it's Fair. still going to be up and down. I think some of the players in this team are going to be really, really good and are starting to play really well. He scored well. a goal, Harry. He did score a goal. But I, I wanted to say though, in the game before this, actually, I saw against Sheffield. Um, we didn't speak about that game, but there was some a couple of moments where Mudrick was dribbling and actually showing some close control of the football, yeah. which I have not seen him do once in a Chelsea shirt. So. That alone was enough to get me a little bit excited because it started to make me think, oh, actually, maybe he can do some of the things I think he can't do. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just a, a case of 
uh, that growing, growing that football intelligence. And I saw Joey Knight make a really good point about this, where he said... Um, Big up Joey, by the way. Yeah, when he said Ronaldo first came to the Prem, and he wasn't comparing... It wasn't saying Mudrick's going to be as good as Ronaldo, or he's even close to being as good as Ronaldo. But he was saying that when Ronaldo first came, you could see that physically everything was there, but the football IQ wasn't there. Yeah. And he grew into it. And it, it, to just say it could be a similar thing with Mudrick, maybe he'll be like a Florent Malouda or something like that, like a very, very good left winger. I, I added that bit. But, but you know, like the point it. is, he's not going to be Ronaldo, but he might be a pretty good winger yeah. eventually. But I still think, I don't want to get too happy about this because I know that there's going to be more blips, there's going to be more performances where I want to kill all of them so yeah like it's, it's not, <laughs> wow yeah. he really has been ill hasn't he kill yeah. all of them we don't yeah. actually mean that just in case there are any brands out there that want to work with us who think that we actually would consider murdering players we wouldn't do that at any given point obviously I'm, yeah obviously thank you George for pointing ha- that out yeah I have to Harry because you, you're slipping at the tongue you know You've got to be careful these days. We can, just, be very cut, we can careful. just cut that out. We can't cut that out. We're not cutting that out. We're leaving it right in there. You this have is, to own up to your This mistakes. is an honest show. Mudrick, <laughs> I've just looked at our text conversation when I send Harry the running order of the points. The body, you, well, he was being aggressive to me before I even said this. I don't understand what I've done <laughs> to deserve this. He's called me a pussy for no reason. He hasn't even opened Absolutely that. Absolutely no reason. He didn't even open that message. Though. I don't open any of your messages, mate. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> we, um, do, we need to do a Christmas special, I think, at some point. Yeah, that'd be nice. Where we just, just abuse one another. Reflect on our friendship. and our... No one cares about that. That's true. No, they, they care about Petrovic, though. Yeah, let's talk People about Petrovic. People do care about Petrovic. You're Petrovic opinion. curious. I'm, I'm massively into Petrovic. <laughs> 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 I know, I, I am. Like, I think... You've been talking about him a lot. I was watching videos of him when we signed him, and I just look at some of the saves he was making. I like how imposing he is as a goalkeeper. Where he's. Can you not? I'm trying to keep this PG. I don't here. know why I'm finding this so like, funny. When Petrovic comes out in some of the highlight videos you see of him in the MLS, like he's just so big. I said it in. <laughs> oh, God. I said it in the in the flipping preview when I was giving my reasons why I thought Petrovic was actually going to win us the penalty shootout. It's because he's just got massive arms. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm trying to pull this back here. He's a big, beautiful man. And you, a, and you really like him. He's a big bloke. You and want I to think see him in goal. You want to see him play? We didn't see much against Sheffield United because they didn't really have much of a say in the game. Chelsea comfortably won 2-0. The best you could probably expect at this point from this current Chelsea team. But then... In the Newcastle game, there wasn't many saves to make at all. Couldn't really do much about Callum Wilson's goal. You look at the penalties, and the thing that I absolutely loved about the Matt Ritchie penalty, which is the winning penalty in the end, is the mind games. How long have we waited? Kepa's been good at pens. Mm. But like looking at Sanchez, for example, when he's stood there in the goal. He's just slow. I just think he's, yeah, he's slow. Like he's made some good saves. He's made some big saves. And I think there's been games where you could say he's arguably saved us from humiliation beyond humiliation. Mm. But I would say that Petrovic, we've not seen enough even now, if I'm going to keep it real. I don't think we've seen enough of him yet to say that when Sanchez is back fit, Pochettino is going to keep him in the team. But what I will say is for Pochettino, now that Petrovic has actually been the hero in a penalty shootout in a quarterfinal to go to the semis whether it is Liverpool West Ham Everton Ful- not Fulham not Everton Fulham Middlesbrough in the semis Petrovic to me has got to play both legs Yeah. when you keep a clean sheet in your first home Premier League game don't care who it's against or how many shots you've had to save that's a big deal yeah. confidence then you make that decisive save in a penalty shootout you absolutely deserve a shot and I would go as far as to say that Sanchez at no point 
has ever made me feel comfortable that he is Chelsea's number one. The, yeah, the big, the big thing um, to mention with him is his distribution and how much better that is. I yeah. Mean, to, I mean, look, Newcastle press really, really well as a team. Like we saw they that the last time we played them. They were amazing. Uh, so the way he was, there was little, mo- there was moments where like he was playing little one twos and like he was just, you know, hitting, hitting the ball out real nice. Like the number of times I've seen Sanchez kick it straight out for a throw in. Too often. Too often. I mean, every game he does it a couple of times. Yeah. So, it's just easy, just giving the ball back to the opposition so easily. So if if not, for, if even if even if him and Sanchez are comparable shot stoppers, I can already see he's better with the ball at his feet. Yeah, so I also think he could become a better goalkeeper. Yeah, like I think there's when you see a goalie you, and you see <clears throat> like Sanchez has clear weaknesses and he has clear positives. With Petrovic, I wouldn't necessarily say to the naked eye from what I've seen so far, there's any clear weaknesses. And I also think it's kind of like I've got the quote on my phone. Let me see what he said. After the game, because this is also big, because this is a mentality thing that, that actually matters as a goalie. I don't hear pressure. They need to score. I can be the hero. I just did my job. That's it. That is, again, for a young goalkeeper playing down the fact that actually you're going to get all the plaudits for this. Mudrick's obviously going to get them as well. But as the goalie, if you save the final kick of the game in that shootout, you're going to be remembered as the guy. Fantastic save as well. Yeah. And I just think that that humbleness and willingness to be able to probably learn will put him in good stead. And I think the fact that Sanchez hasn't really made... That shirt is own. There's a lot of conversations about Chelsea do want a top-level goalie. Petrovic has done all he can, I think, so far to give himself the best shot Definitely. of being in the team. Definitely. No, yeah. I'm, up, I'm up for him giving him a run in the team now and seeing how he gets on, for sure. I'm, I'm, very, uh, I'm also Petrovic curious. We're all Petrovic curious. Let us know in the comments down below if you two, all three, are Petrovic curious. You can hashtag that. Question of the day. But the final question of the day in terms of the final point of the pod... Does winning the Carabao Cup, which is obviously still three matches away, and to think about Chelsea winning three matches before Sheffield United and Newcastle would have been probably the most unfathomable thought of December 2023. Mm. Would winning the Carabao Cup be deemed, considered in your eyes, a success for Pochettino's first season? And try and think in your head about what, the league position would have to be yeah, paired with to league posi- that. Yeah, I think you've got to pair it with a league position, right? I would say, I, yeah. I, I, th- I think a realistic reflection of the transition we've been through, where we're at, I think top eight plus, I call it the Carling Cup still, so I'm going to call it the Carling Cup. Top eight plus Carling Cup. Yeah. That'll do for me. From this point, from this moment on, we win the Carling Cup, League Cup, flipping League Cup, <laughs> and we finish eighth. Yeah. From where we've been at now. I think that's a fair reflection. I just find it so difficult when I think about the league position, I think about the league form. I'm actually so shocked we're 10th in the Premier League. Yeah. It really feels from my like, from my honest, without trying to like get to, because I'm very conscious of the fact that we have been so flip-flop this season. A win and we're just late. But that's football. So we, we deserve that to not discredit ourselves here. But I will say this. Winning the, winning the trophy, it for me, is what football is all about. You look at Middlesbrough in that semi-final, Fulham in that semi-final. This is going to mean everything to them. And I think you ask a lot of teams, particularly I think Fulham is a great example here because Fulham are an up and down team. They, they come up, they go down. They come up, they go down. And I think as fans of those kind of teams that do really well in the championship but then struggle or fail in the Premier League... So many fans of those teams that I've seen speak about this or spoken to will say, I would absolutely murder 
for a trophy yeah. and have three, three or four seasons in the championship. Do you know what I mean? So I think for Chelsea... Spurs. We got. They would do the same. They'd probably get relegated for it. But if you're a Spurs fan watching this for whatever weird reason, yeah, that if you're might here, be, you're all weirdo. But yeah, go on. If you got like blue Chelsea fetishes or whatever, let us know in the comments down below. Would you take a trophy in relegation? Like at this point in Honestly, time, you should think about that. Carefully. I, I, if I was a Spurs fan, which is just again impossible, possible. Like I would be considering this at this point. So for Pochettino, I think winning that trophy in that first season after already playing 17 games and being tenth. You've got to also be realistic and say the Premier League is so wide open at the top that maybe the next five games or the next four league games that are all winnable for Chelsea, yeah. that conversation changes dramatically. And let's say, I know, I know you don't like that. I know you don't like that. But let's just say Chelsea do beat Wolves, we do beat Palace, mm-hmm. we do beat Luton and we do beat Fulham. I'll let you say that. But let's hypothetically, that doesn't sound no, all doesn't. that uncomprehendable. It doesn't sound uncomprehendable. It, it doesn't sound uncomprehendable. Let, hear me out. <laughs> let's say we win four Premier League games in a row or get 10 points let's say let's say Christmas Eve no one wants it it's a nil-nil at Wolves and we all go home and we get fat the next day all cool it's alright don't worry about it <laughs> I expected it how about Chelsea all of a sudden are building up to a two-legged semi-final in the Carabao Cup with serious momentum in the Premier League unbeaten in a fair few games all of a sudden Winning this trophy, even if we face Liverpool, I think seems like a feasible thing that Chelsea can look forward to now. Mm-hmm. There's a one in three chance that we'd probably play Liverpool if they beat West Ham tonight, by the way. I've got a funny feeling that we are going to get to the final of this competition. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I think if Chelsea are in a final, this could that could just simply be a coming of age for this era. Because Chelsea in finals, we show up, we deliver. And I think as much as this season we've spent so much time talking about Players not seeming up for it. They've all got these long contracts. Like, do they understand what it means to be a Chelsea player? Any footballer who's put in a final of a major trophy in England is going to absolutely step up to the plate. I want to. I want to talk about a point you just said there. Chelsea in finals, we deliver. Yeah, that we was, do. That was what we did. And did there was a lot of things we used to do. So I just want to respond to everything you just said. Habibi. This 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 is actually amazing. What we're doing in the Carabao Cup. Yeah. Because what we need is experience. The team needs experiences. Yes. The Carabao Cup is probably the least important trophy you can win in a league season. I've, yeah. I've never I've never taken it as seriously as the other ones. But now I am. Well, I am because I'm being realistic about what we can do. Yeah. And also I'm being realis- realistic about Very the fact good point. that... Very good But I'm being realistic about the fact that like, just to go through a cup run, to, to have those those moments like we had in this game where you go to a penalty shootout, you win that penalty shootout, you yeah. stand up and compose, you take your penalty, you fight until the 90th minute and get the win and get the equalizing goal. Like all these experiences are so important for this team. And so my expectation for the rest of the season is for the team to fight and put themselves in position to have positive experiences. That's what yes. I want to see. I don't expect everything to go our way. I don't think we're going to win the next five games, even though they sh- <laughs> I just don't, even though they should all be winnable. No, yeah. but, but, yeah, I, no, but I, I, know, I know exactly because, why. No, because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be sensible. Like, I understand yeah. that I want, I want to get excited and I will, get, I will let myself get excited when I watch us win games. Yeah, so fair. Very I'll, react, good, I'll be point. excited, I'll react in an excited way when we win. But when I'm looking ahead, I'm going to be like, okay, there's going to be hiccups in there because we don't know how to be consistent yet. Yeah. And maybe it suddenly all clicks, but I, I need to see that happen before I start hypothesizing that. Anyway, yeah. the point is, yes, if we could go win this Carabao Cup, 
That's be, that would be a huge experience for the boys. It'd bring them together. It would make them more confident and comfortable with each other. It would let them know that they've got a good manager, that he's doing the right things. Yes. To go through those, mo- those, those big moments, those big high pressure, they call them clutch in American football. Clutch, Those dude. big clutch moments where you have to perform and deliver. Fantastic. And also... There's been games where I've watched us and we're fight and we're like really not fighting at the end of the game. We're yeah. really not fighting. Mm-hmm. Today, fighting till the very, very end. Mudrick's pressing, pressing. That's how we got that goal. It was pure that goal from Mudrick, actually, I loved it because it wasn't it was skillful, but it wasn't about skill, it was about pure determination to go and get that ball. Yes. And to put them under pressure at the end of the game. So yeah. Yeah, I, I love I love a lot of what I saw. And I tell you, but another point about Mudrick, because I feel like we've given him a lot of critique and it's fair to give him praise when necessary. Another thing I absolutely loved is when Bruno Gumares decided that he thought it was kickboxing, not football, and decided to just boot Ian Matson into the stands of Stamford Bridge. Should have been sent off. I know Caicedo made some bad tackles too. Not saying he didn't, but I want to talk about that. Mudrick is literally there in his face, mm. giving it the big un. Nkunku rocks up next to him, giving it the big un as well. That is what we have been desperate to see. Mm. There's a lot of talk at the moment about... The Chelsea players, they've absolutely got a lot of faith in Pochettino. I think that this little run of fixtures that we're on now, I'm not going to jump the gun and say we're going to win them all. I did a minute ago. I think we could. You were hypothesizing. I think we'll get 10 points from our next four Premier League games, but that's just me. Got the last prediction right, didn't I? I have a funny feeling that this could be, this victory against Newcastle could well actually be the making of something for Poch's Chelsea. I really do. Of something. <laughs> I'm, yeah, that's, I'm a not, bold, that's a bold prediction. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, momentum is massive in football. Yes. If you go on a good run of results, you start to win football matches. Things can then start to fall in your favour that haven't fallen in our favour prior. There's no denying that this season Chelsea have been incredibly unlucky to lose your four first choice fullbacks both left oh, and right side yeah. is outstandingly crazy uh, yeah. Gusto comes on second half yeah, we're a better today. team we're a different team yeah when we, so, had, when we had a proper left and a proper right back yeah it looked balanced Poch gets it wrong by not doing that in the first place but he rectified it early enough and that is something I've always wanted from managers I don't want you to wait to the 75th minute mm. to, to figure out what we can all see from the side is wrong the shape is wrong we're mm. not getting forward enough there's not enough pressure on the fullbacks because there's no intervention from our fullbacks yep. he changed that early and Chelsea we deserved more didn't create enough good opportunities to force the Bravka into better and bigger saves but I think that's going to come because Nkunku's coming so I think there's a lot to be positive about here, Harrison. I'm not going to lie to you. I agree. I'm excited. Ricky, how long have we been rolling for? 27. 27. That is a bloody great time to wrap things up here. Perfect. I'm going to say this has probably been my favourite podcast to record in a very long time because Chelsea actually won and we're heading to the semi-finals of the League Cup. It was all right. I'm a bit tired, but it was all right. Well, you just do you, Harry. It doesn't matter anyway. But at this point in the video, I don't care if people click off. But if you're still here, hit the like button. Check out Harry's channel. He did an interview with Antiprofit. If you don't know who Antiprofit is, can you send me a picture so I can put it on the screen? Yeah, he's got a mask on, so yeah, he wears a mask. Yeah, you probably don't know like him. We should. But you might know him. You know, mask on, mask off. Future. You know. And I did one with George, who's also a Chelsea fan. Yes, life of George, Chelsea yeah. fan. Also, there's plenty of it on there. And if you haven't seen the podcast that I did with Harry, which is basically just me waffling for an hour and a half or whatever it was, you can click the card on the screen right now because I'm going to go now. Thank you for watching. Ciao. Up the chairs.